Ooh, that's nice. That's real nice right there. Well, welcome to the Grow Love Live podcast. Weekly content and conversations aim to inspire and equip you to grow in the gospel, love like family, and live on mission. In the everyday stuff of life, I'm here. I'm Matt Carlson, and I'm here with my hermano. Dom. Hey. Dom How's it going? What's up, bro? Dude, we're doing a podcast. We are doing a podcast. We've talked about it for a long time. Long time. Yeah. And we uh, finally got our little studio set up here. It was blood, sweat, and tears. Maybe no tears, but blood for sure. I was moving a shelf over there and I cut my hand. I definitely had um, moments of getting high off of paint fumes. Mm. It's great. Yeah. I'm not sure where this podcast is going to go, though, you know? Well, it's smelling think, good. Yes. Well, it's mm. always editing, Dom. <laughs> No, well, we're excited to finally be able to be able to be able to do this and totally. to uh, have conversations. And our heart is to help you, the listener, to like I mentioned, grow in the gospel, love like family, and live on mission. Some things that uh, are very dear to us, and we just uh, thought we would start recording some conversations. A lot of the things that we've talked about over the years, Dom, are related to that. The gospel being central, and what does it look like to live and be community live on a mission and all that's that good stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, we've known each other, I don't know, 15, 16 years now. Dude, what the heck? And, uh, lots of late night conversations, lots of cars, conversations on the way up to Hume Lake or other places like that. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, I know for me, they've been life giving and challenging. And I think taking it to a podcast format is fun for other people to hopefully engage in a conversation. This is not a, mm a finished product, everything. It's a yeah. conversation starter, hopefully, that creates meaningful conversations for people yeah. around the gospel and family. And Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So many times where we've been talking and I was like, man, should have just been recording that. <laughs> <laughs> Not because of, oh, we're so profound and amazing, but just, <laughs> you know, there's richness in that. And uh, so, yeah, that's our hope is that uh, these conversations and stuff would also inspire and equip you, the listener. So, uh, you know, dude, it's our pilot episode. This is episode number one of oh, hopefully no. many, hopefully so many. Uh, but I was thinking about first things and, uh, you know, we've got some firsts in our life. Some firsts. I'm curious, just do like, what was your first job? First job that the IRS knew about was probably <laughs> yes. um, working at a gas station, worked off a, a Mission Valley mm. at, a, at a Texaco gas station. I was a graveyard night clerk. And, wow. Uh, amazing uh, <laughs> life stories those, and I'm lessons gonna, in there. I'm not going to lie. Those those late night clerks kind of freak me out sometimes. For sure. I mean, it says a lot about you? who I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome because, you know, I'm like, got to study, do my homework. I like mm. played my guitar while like of course. waiting for people to buy gas and cigarettes and beer and stuff. And, uh, yeah, lots of fun memories in there. Before that, when I was 12, my uncle owned a, a freight company. And so he had me sweep empty warehouses. So IRS didn't know about that one, but, uh, nice. now they do. So I got to report my earnings of $10 a week <laughs> <laughs> back in 1992. So yeah, I love it. And I'm picturing you in the gas station too, cause you used to have flowing, long flowing oh, hair, right? Luxurious mane. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was all part of the, part oh, of the package. Totally. In my red shirt with the Texaco star on it. It was, yes. got to sample all the products. 
Yes. Not a, <laughs> not a bad gig. What about you? First job? Uh, man, I think so. Yeah. There was, you know, there was, of course, the uh, moon lining as the, uh, the, the neighborhood lawnmower, mm. those kinds of things. Yes. But the first job job was a good buddy of mine. His dad owned a clinic and I was in the pharmacy just stocking shelves. Nice. Yeah. Just throwing pills around, <laughs> slinging pills. Slinging pills. Yeah. I got to, I mean, none of them, I couldn't read any of them. They were just impossible names. I'm like, I don't even know what this is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was, the, that was uh, short-lived. And then I was a, oh man. I was a busboy at a restaurant. Once. I never worked in the restaurant industry. No, oh, dude. How was it as a busboy? Formative. Yeah. <laughs> just creating that servant's heart. Huh? Servant's <laughs> heart. That's where God just cultivated that. Mm, thank uh, you, Lord. Um, okay, so how about uh, first time you laid eyes on me? How about you know what what, what were your thoughts? Like, first time I laid eyes on you. Just kidding. We don't have to go down that road. Mm, that's so near and dear to my heart. <laughs> I I don't know. It, it was probably here at Seacoast. If yeah. it wasn't here at Seacoast, it was at Walking on Water Surf Camp. Yeah. So one of those. 2004. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Dude, long times. Long time. Uh, okay, so how about first hmm, First car? Let's go there real quick. First car was a 1970 VW Carmen Ghia. Mm. They call it the poor man's Porsche. <laughs> and uh, my dad drove it and it like was at the beach all the time. So by the time I got it, it was like rusted out. All the seats were like the springs were popping out of it. There was sand everywhere. So my it's whole a big tetanus shot yeah, waiting was, to happen. It was awful. So my whole senior year, me and my grandpa spent that year restoring it. Yes. So it was awesome. Got that time with my grandpa, learned how to do like car work and engine work. Mm. And, uh, and then my senior year, yeah, like my graduation present was they took it down to Mexico and got it like re the interior all done and then they painted it so it was bright orange and it was like the funnest car to drive ever <laughs> like, that's amazing yeah yeah so 1970 car what, what about you first car uh i don't remember what year it was but it was uh old ford escort gt Ooh, Dude. dang fancy bro yeah bro you know got a little big head when i was driving that thing around yeah. not gonna lie no it spinners it on it <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I remember getting uh, extra money here and there and going to Pet Boys and thinking like, ooh, what am I going to get for the for the totally. Ford Escort? Totally. And uh, did you ever self-tinted your windows? <laughs> no. Dude, so, it's impossible. It sounds it, awful. You're, you put that film on your, your windows and it's just completely filled with bubbles and they're impossible to get out. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get this right. You had a, a Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Ford Escort GT. GT with bubble. <laughs> yeah. Rusty red color. I don't even know what the color was, but mm. it, was, uh, it was the car that I learned to drive stick on. And I remember taking that uh, to pick my brother up one day and we were on a road after I picked him up from his job at the time and cruising on a road that was really had a lot of like up and down bumps. And if you get, if you went fast enough on them, you could literally feel like you were catching air. Amazing. And then we were going over a few of them and having a great time. And he said, the last one's the best. And I was like, I believed him. And I just, I gunned it. <laughs> we literally caught air on that last bump yes. and came down and the car never started again. It just completely like, <laughs> it was just, oh, that I, was the end. It, yeah. You just heard it and you're like, okay, the car is gone. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> Anyways. Amazing. So the, yeah. So first, oh man, that's, a, that's good. Well, uh, to kind of transition into today's topic, I want to just kind of get, I mean, this is really a, an opportunity for us to, um, as the hosts of this wonderful, um, epic podcast, mm -hmm. kind of just uh, share a little bit of our hearts and stuff. But I think it all begins with 
you know, what we want to do with this is to equip people with a deeper understanding of God's grace and how that plays out in the everyday stuff of life. Uh, but for today's topic, I would love just for each of us to share, like, when for you, Dom, did the gospel, the good news of God's grace, when did that click? And uh, we're going to have future episodes unpacking each of these things and kind of giving more, getting in depth of what we mean by sure. gospel and stuff. But for you, like, when did the gospel click in your heart and mind? Yeah, I think there was a series of events. So I grew up in a home where there were Jesus followers, and I, I grew up hearing the story of Jesus. Um, but I would say there was moments along the way where I learned stories and things started clicking, but like a formative where I would say put a date and time stamp to that would be mm-hmm. uh, senior year in high school, October 24th. Uh, Jesus met me while I was like at my low. And mm. uh, work in the Texaco. Work, work at the Texaco. Yeah, I was a professional musician by that point mm. and uh, just saw a lot of bad stuff in LA and that whole music scene. Mm. and was living in a a way that I was trying it on my own, and it was not working. And it, a, a series of events that just kind of converged to say, I was in the shower one day, and I just start, I broke down, like, just started, like, just, like, miserable. Wow. Like, this sucks. Um, what I'm doing on my own is not working. And so I was like, I need a new operating system, basically. And Jesus met me right there in that moment. And mm. it was like a flood of, like, here's how I've been wooing you for Mm. your whole life, like from the time you were a child to like now and, and everything sort of clicked and it was a a flood of like, here's the gospel and understanding and me taking the step of faith to say, uh, I'm going to accept this at face value to to Mm. say that, that you're actually big enough to um, right all wrongs because of the righteousness of Christ. Like, you're going to see me as right, even though I know like my track record is dirty Mm. and you're going to wipe that clean and remember it no more. And you're saying I'm new from this moment. And even though I don't feel new, you're saying I'm new. So I'm going to take you at that value. And, um, and I just remember like kneeling, still in the shower, you Mm. know, a weird visual for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. But just there, like literally like bare before the Lord, like in all, in mm-hmm. all levels and just going, man, if you'll have me, I'm yours. And, mm-hmm. and I don't really know what that means, but again, I'm going to take you at face value of like, this is your promise to me and uh, it's going to be discovering that and I'm going to go for it. And here we go. And now mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with my whole life experiences. The track, wow. the track that I was going down of like, I thought I was moving to LA and doing record contracts that were coming and I broke all of that up, you know, like record labels like cussed me out and said, we'd never call you again. Wow. So it was like very hard to say yes to Jesus because it meant no to, it meant no to all the things that I would like put my hope in. So, but in that moment it was so free to go like, I'm trusting you and I think your way is better because my way sucks right now. And so, Mm. So the gospel came alive right there, October 24th, 1998. Wow. And, um, and but, yeah, never looked back. Was there a particular, um, I don't know, a person or some kind of, because you, you said that you were at a kind of at a rock bottom moment. Was there other influences at the time that God had brought into your sphere that had influence on you that maybe you didn't, you didn't realize? Yeah, no, I mean, for sure there was like this sense of like, I was, I was the 
the kid who would be at youth group and summer camps and like I would show up. So I knew all the things about Jesus. So, mm. you know, that book that was written years ago, like fan, not follower, like or fan or follower. Yeah. Yeah. So I was definitely like a fan of Jesus. So I, I had my limits that made sense to me, even though like compared to God's standard, I was breaking everything. Mm. So I was a fan. I could quote scripture. Like I knew Christian music, you know, like, went to the cool church, like knew the lingo, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so there was a sense of like, I was always around that. And then there was guys in my life that were like good friends who were actually serious about Jesus. And I knew we were like not on the same playing field, (laughs) if that makes sense. (laughs) Sure. And so I think just a series of God was really gracious to bring people like that in my life. My parents, people were praying for me. Like I know they were, Mm. Um, you know, the life first that my mom had for me was like train up a child when they're young and when they're old, like, you know, not going to depart, not going to depart from it. And so there was like, there were seeds being planted my whole life, you know, yeah. a longer story of like how, what my name, like my namesake, my parents like thought about it and prayed about it. Give us the, the, the quick overview of your name. My mom thought my name would look cool on an album cover or make a great pastor's name. (laughs) So and so covering her bases. Yeah, yeah. it's just like he's going to be a musician or he's going to be a pastor. And so like um that was really cool. Like that was right. like mom, I'm both. Yeah, I was. I remember <laughs> handing her a record going like here's my name on it and like <laughs> now I'm going into pastoral ministry and um mm-hmm. so my name was uh child of God. Middle name, first man and then last name is messenger of good news. So a child of oh. the Lord's messenger of good news. So mm. So I think even just that was like, dude, all these little things, like, yeah. again, that flood of like, here's how I've been wooing you your whole life, Dom, come come together. So he definitely used community. He definitely used messages in church that I was checked out in. You know, I, I was I was sitting there, but I wasn't actively participating. But yeah. as as my life got worse, I could look around and be like in church and I would see people like worshiping and just like unashamedly like just singing and lifting their hands and, mm. and and just going for it and then I could see those people like outside of the Sunday setting and they were consistent and not just like the people who could just show up on a Sunday like they were doing it and I was like that's appealing and intriguing yeah and so yeah there was a lot of speakers along the way a lot of a lot of inputs yeah that just you know you kind of wonder what what the sum of you is as they make as you get formed and, and that was that. So, yeah. Yeah. That's gotta be a good word too, for any parents listening, uh, that you never know what the fruit of your labors are going to produce and all of the inputs and the, and the faithfulness and the praying for your, your son or daughter. And that it's cool to see how God over time, you know, had his way with you and it can be so easy and tempting for us to look at the immediate results, you know, but it's not the results that, we are banking our hope on and, and even, you know, putting our hearts and our minds towards, it's really the methodology and that's trusting God and trusting Christ. Totally. Yeah. He's the one who saves ultimately. So my parents and their own ability had nothing to do except mm-hmm. for model faithfulness and yeah steadiness and trust in Christ. So yeah. yeah. What about you? So where did the gospel come alive for you and when did that intersect in life? Yeah. Uh, I think we have, you know, similar backgrounds. Um, I was never in LA um, trying to be a musician. <laughs> Just San Diego. <laughs> Just San Diego. Yeah. Now, uh, I was blessed to grow up in a Christian home. 
Christian values, parents who I knew um, loved the Lord. Uh, there was definitely that that spiritual spiritual heritage uh, growing up, and the I think the thing that I when I look back at my my childhood, it was a very Christian Christianized, very churched home, churched background, and I love I mean the term inoculated to the gospel is a term that I feel perfectly captures my upbringing, where it was. I had a little bit of, of, of Jesus here, a little bit of, of, of God, good news, gospel here, but it got lost in the sea of religion. And what I grew up, uh, I think, just absorbing was that it was just, you know, God was uh, a deity that I just, I needed to impress. I needed to prove myself to him. It wasn't, you know, I had a kind of a perpetual sense that I know he, he wants me. I know that I'm his, but he's constantly displeased with me constantly angry. And uh, so it just wasn't a, a compelling view. And so for me, the, the you know, I, 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 it took years for the gospel to finally click. And I still remember the very specific moment and time where it did happen. And it, it was, uh, I, I remember hearing a phrase, uh, I, I can't remember who said it first, but he said that books don't change lives, but sentences do. Mm. And there was this specific moment I was reading a book on God's grace, that the topic of, of God's grace and the sentence that stood out to me in that moment was the gospel is for Christians too. And in that moment, I felt like a door had been unlocked and all of a sudden I, I came into this n- new room and so many things began to converge. It was kind of like your shower moment. This was me, this, everything began to converge of, of, oh, okay, the gospel is not just good news for the unbeliever. That's what I kind of, I grew up believing was like, I need to share Jesus with other people because they can get saved and then go to heaven one day. But how is that good news for me? Right. For me, I don't get the gospel like failed to be good news for me as a, you know, someone growing up in a Christian home. I'm like, and I wasn't even having that great of a time. I'm like, why would I want other people to be invited into this? It's you know? more burden than anything. Huh? <laughs> for sure. Huh. And uh, the good news became good that day. I was, uh, that, that sentence, it just sent me on this next uh, journey of learning of my true identity in, in Christ and that who I, who I am is not contingent upon my performance for God and working for him. And, you know, cause I was up and down emotionally, like my good days, bad days, you know, there was just uh, sin struggles that I couldn't get past. And I just, it was just so paralyzing and uh, it, it, the good news wasn't good, but that day it became good to know that my identity, my righteousness, my justification, everything that I long for, that I, I desire, like in Christ, I possess. And it just started to begin a new journey for me um, at that time to to dive deeper into this this world, this I mean, this amazing, amazing, beautiful thing called the gospel. And uh, yeah, it's been. It's been an amazing thing since. Well, what's funny about that moment, though, was I was already several years into doing youth ministry. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And so part of my story, I I feel like God saved me as a youth pastor. Amazing. Yeah. It's it's, uh, so don't, you know, people who are listening, pray for youth pastors. They might need to get saved. (laughs) You just never know. But I feel God saved me or he just gave me this this, um, liberating understanding of, of who he is and then his view of me. So I got to see God for who he is and I got to begin to learn who I am, how he sees me. And that changes everything about how we live. How did that change? So you're in ministry, a couple years in, 
and you have one operating system, new operating system kicks in. How did that change the way you ministered mm. uh, to students? Like, was there a tangible, like, noticeable thing that came about from that? Yeah, it, to be honest, it made it, on one hand, it made it uh, awesome because I, was, I finally felt like I had something to say, but it also made it really hard because in youth ministry, it's so much easier to preach and teach um, performance. Three Be- steps to a better you or yeah, whatever. Behavior modification um, and to just, you know, whip these teenagers into shape. Come on, get serious for God. Be radical for him. And just to make it all about what we are doing for God, that's actually a lot easier to preach. It's a lot easier to um, prepare that kind of message. <laughs> it comes across as a lot, like really challenging and can get people fired up, but it just, people fizzle out. If their motivation isn't God's love for them, it's just going to fizzle out and die. So it made it challenging, but it also, I felt like I had a ministry in the lives of students and the lives of, of the leaders and, and stuff. But now with this fresh understanding of the gospel is for Christians too, the gospel's for me, I felt like I had now had a message. It was this, this convergence of like ministry and a message, which has changed everything. And I, I feel like I still am scratching the surface. And part of doing this podcast is to continue getting deeper into that, that whole world and topic of the gospel and everyday life. Totally. I think that's great. Like, you know, we're not coming uh, from a posture as experts on the gospel. I think yeah. the crazy piece of the gospel is you gaze on it more as you grow in your understanding of who you are and who he is. And uh, the gospel continues to be good news. <laughs> you know, I know we have a lot of conversations where it's like, I think I sent you a podcast the other day and I was like, I can't believe how good the gospel is. Yeah. Like, it's just like so fired up to hear the gospel mm-hmm. preached to me and just like, you know, 20 plus years of walking with the Lord now of just going like, gosh, that's still good news. Yeah. I still have gospel amnesia. Yeah. And go back to like performance and he's mad at me and mm. versus like my sins are remembered no more. Mm-hmm. And when it was finished, it was finished. And like that's the one message that could be taught to me every day. And I'd still be like, wait, no way. Yeah. <laughs> like I need more of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just looking at the letters that Paul wrote, the apostle Paul, he's writing to Christians a lot of the time and he's reminding them of their identity. He's yeah. reminding them of gospel truth, gospel reality. Yep. You're new. You're new. The old's gone. Yeah. Break up with the law. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Break up with Moses. Yeah, seriously. So good. Yeah. Well, dude, uh, that's great. So I can't wait to dive in, uh, you know, in these future episodes. And we're going we're gonna to jump into a lot of different things. I think what we want to do with this is to really, Dom and I, between the two of us, you know, we're not, again, we're not uh, wise sages by no means, but uh, between the two of us, we've got a good combined years of ministry together. Yep. What it, 40 plus years probably at this point. 40 plus years. Um, it's just... There's been a lot of uh, fun things that we and challenging things that we've we had to to walk through, endure, and uh, experience, and we've been on the receiving end of a lot of amazing mentors and coaches, and you know, and so uh, there's just a lot that we want to talk about and to to share, and so that's uh, where we're going to be going in the in future episodes. Anything else we need to say before we close? No, I think again, hopefully this starts creating good conversations around you. I think as we talk about the gospel and studying Bible, that it's meant to be in done in community. 
Yeah. Um, it's not meant to be in isolation. So I guess there was a place for the desert mothers and fathers hiding in caves and mm-hmm. meditating. Uh, and we're not against some of those practices, but I think really uh, the formation of the gospel coming alive, the common theme is the people of God helping discover that together and, you know, stoking the flames of that. You think of like Psalm 145, it's like one generation to the other are commending the mm, works yeah. of the Lord. So it's, you know, we want to do that and see that come alive with this is one of many tools to use to help that happen. So, yeah, yeah. that's great. Okay. Well, I think that wraps us up for today. Numero uno. Yeah, bro. Well done. Let's do a big high five. High five. Uh, yes. Now, well, we look forward to uh, future episodes with you, our listeners. Uh, but thanks for listening to the Girl Love Live podcast with Matt and Dom. See you later. Oh, yeah. Oh, I like the song. Yeah. Bye, Dom. Love you. Love you, too.